All right, what's up, Fanatics? We are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, first round NCAA tournament. Stansbury and I made it today, and our coverage of the NCAA tournament will be presented to you by our friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. I want to remind everybody, no matter what her age is, she's always going to be her little girl. This one hits very close to me. I've got a four-year-old. From playing dress-up to coaching her in games, I haven't done that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. One of the most important things you will ever do for her is go to the doctor. The Iowa Clinic makes it so easy for you to be there for him, for them, to establish your prefer- preferred provider. Do it today. For your convenience, appointments can be scheduled online at iowaclinic.com. You can call them at 515-875-9000. That's 515-875-9000. Enjoy life's special moments. Be a man. Go to the doctor. I actually had a friend reach out to me earlier this week about getting signed up for a physical at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Look for their ads all over Cyclone Fanatic during our NCAA tournament coverage. A shout out as well to Carl Chevrolet, where Jared Stansbury, they gave us a sweet truck to cruise down to Tulsa in today. It was like a vacation for seven hours riding around in that truck. Without a doubt, I felt like we were in a monster truck. We basically were. We could have just mowed over any, anybody else on the interstate because we, we got a car from Carl Chevrolet. You're right. From Carl Chevrolet. You're right. We could have done that. But we didn't because we're, we're responsible. responsible. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks to Carl Chevrolet. Check out the videos we did. We did a series of videos where it was my um, memories from covering Iowa State in the NCAA tournament over the last 10 years or so. You can go check those out there on Twitter. It's like one fanatic on Twitter. They're all over our Facebook page as well. We'll be launching, coming up sometime on Thursday, our NCAA Tournament Central page that will have a compilation of all of our content and tweets and anything. We want it to be a portal for you guys during Iowa State and the NCAA Tournament. We'll have our women's coverage there as well as they will be hosting the NCAA Tournament in Ames coming up here later on during the week. I'm thinking about Stansbury. If the men win on Friday night, I'm thinking about setting up a game watch for fans in Tulsa for the women's game. That'd be good. On Saturday. so we'll, they, they play sometime in the afternoon, right? They play at like 4.50 okay. or 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, that'd something be awesome. Like that. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to just play it by ear on Are that. there any WWE bars in I don't Tulsa? Know. We can figure something out. Uh, before we get to today's podcast from Tulsa, uh, let's hear a word from our other sponsors. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career? Or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. 
You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. All right, welcome back. Cyclone Fanatic podcast on the road from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our coverage presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Let's get down to business. I've got five topics here that I want to tackle in tonight's podcast. We're recording this about 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. We just got to Tulsa not that long ago. We have not seen the team yet. We will be doing all of that uh, for our coverage coming up tomorrow afternoon. Um, the feels on Iowa State. This is where I wanted to, to start things off, Jared. Just you know, We're a few days away now from the Big 12 tournament. The emotion of that day is gone. It's back to business. When I saw the draw, I liked the fact that it was Ohio State. I would rather play Ohio State than like St. Mary's. Yeah. I just think that the guys on this team will respond better to that, and I don't think they're as good of a team. Now, I think Ohio State has some very talented guys, no doubt. Right. I don't know. I just I think this is a better draw for Iowa State than what could have been. Now that you've studied it a little more, do you agree with that or disagree? I definitely agree. I mean, I think that the the guys that – Ohio State has that really give people problems. I think that Iowa State will be able to exploit them in in some sense on the offensive end. This is like a typical Big Ten team where they just kind of bruise you Mm -hmm. and they really slow you down. But at the same time, they're not a very good Big Ten team in that sense. What, 8 and 12? Yeah. So they play that typical Big Ten style, but like I said, they're not very good at it against the other teams that they're going to play. And I think that the way Iowa State plays will be much more foreign to them than the way that they play is to Iowa State. No, that makes sense. That's a really good point because Iowa State sees Kansas State. They see Baylor, right. Texas Tech. But how many teams in the Big Ten does Ohio State see that not play many. the way Iowa State does? There's not many. Right. And the way that they – the toughness that they played with in Kansas City, I mean, that team – I, if that team that showed up Saturday night, Friday night, like Friday afternoon, that that team beats Ohio State and covers, I think. I would probably take the points. At six? Probably. I just, the way they slow it down. Yeah. But if you get Wesson in foul trouble. Okay, so that's where my point number two here on the topics list. I have five of them. Uh, Caleb Wesson, the kid that is a monster in the middle. Have you studied his game much? Not too much. I mean, I've watched them a little bit, and I've just looked at his numbers. How do you attack him if you're Iowa State? I think you try and pull him away from the hoop. Try and put him in positions where he has to guard people. Yeah. So lure Jacobson out? Yeah, I mean, you. it doesn't really change anything with the way that they play, I don't think. Because Jacobson plays out on – not in the perimeter, but in the mid-range where he can go right at people just as, I mean, as much as he does with his back to the basket. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I do. Well, and too, the, the other thing is that if they're able to, to penetrate with those guards, you put him into a position where he has to help off and you're getting them in further positions where he can just foul people. It's almost like Cam Lard, the way people attack Cam Well, Lard. that's that's funny you mentioned that because I, I was curious about... Put him in a lot of ball screens. Well... D- Prom's going to play Lard, won't he? I would assume so, yeah. I, I, just, I, I, was, I was wondering if after the Kansas game with how Condit played, 
But it seems very un-Steve Prome-like to be like, okay, finally in the NCAA tournament, I'm going to put all my trust in the freshman. Yeah, no, I, I expect Cam Lard to play. Yeah, I, I, I've had a couple people ask me, though, like, what, will that rotation be the same? And I, I would guess it will be. You go about 15, 14 minutes to play in the first half, Wigginton and Lard will come off the bench. And I would say if Cam comes out and it doesn't seem like he's really – if he gets in foul trouble or it doesn't seem like he's really all there – he will have a much quicker hook to go to Condit. What surprised me, though, on, on Saturday, I, I was, I'm curious about Prohm's use of Lard in the Big 12 tournament. He was horrible. That The Kansas State game, I genuinely think, was the worst we've ever seen Cam Lard. Yeah. that those They were horrible. I agree. But then he played four minutes against Kansas, and I actually thought he was really good. Right. I thought, I mean, he was he was into the game. He, he got some rebounds. He scored. Didn't he get three fouls, though, in four minutes? Was it three? It was two or three. Yeah, but he never came back, and I just maybe. I, I think that was because you, he got the two or three fouls. You put Condit in. Condit played really well. Jacobson got in foul trouble, and it was like we're going to roll with the hot hand right here. Yeah, it's the same reason that Tht wasn't in the game at the end. I think that makes sense. That makes sense. I just I was surprised we didn't see more of Cam against Kansas. But the way you just explained it does make sense. To those people who are wondering about that, though, I don't – knowing Steve Prome, I don't see him being, oh, it's the first round of the NCAA tournament. Now I'm going to roll with Condit as my first big. Right. I just can't see no, him doing that. No, I definitely – I agree with you. I, I think Cam will be the first big off the bench, but I think that he will he will be more apt to put Condit in the game than maybe he was prior to that Big 12 tournament. That's fair. So the Wesson kid, um, offensively, I mean, you just defend him like you do any of the guys in the Big Twelve. You don't you don't change anything. I don't think schematically. I I mean, outside of maybe Dedrick Lawson, I don't know that there is another guy that is quite the back to the basket player that Iowa State's played this year. Maybe Tristan Clark earlier in the season. Yeah, there's really not a great. But isn't he? I mean. Azubuke I, I, was probably I, would have been, but he didn't play. I'll look at this. Because I feel like he's bigger, like a beefier version of those guys than what they've maybe played previously. Yeah, he's 6'9", 270. Whereas a guy like Diedrich Lawson, I think, is 6'9", 235, something like that. So it should, he's more of like a – yeah, six nine two thirty five is what Dietrich Lawson is. So he's more of a load down low, just a huge human being. But if you don't allow him to really get good seals on you, which is something I think Iowa State generally is pretty good at, and you make it hard for them to make those post-entry passes, which is another thing Iowa State did a really good job of against Kansas, you, you kind of negate that. It's going to come down to the team – making it a point that we're not going to let this guy kick kick our butt in the paint. The consensus I'm getting with Iowa State scribes, fans all together, is a Sweet 16 berth. Mm-hmm. I almost So if you go to Vegas right now, and if you talk to any odds makers, what they would tell you, if Houston, if it's Houston and Iowa State in the round of 32 – you're looking at about a pick'em. That's what I figured. Right around a pick'em. Maybe Houston favored by one. Maybe Iowa State favored by one. It's going to kind of depend on what happens in the first round. That's what – I mean, I think Ken Palm, they're right next to each other. I think they're 14 and 15 on Ken Palm. 
or 15 and 16, something like that. So I figured it would probably be one point. Right at 50-50, basically. Are we all too confident? Like, did is there a mirage based off of Kansas City, or is this a valid? Because I, I legitimately think that both the men and the women will be in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I agree with you. What are we missing here? We need to be more than just the fan site. What are we missing here? Like, what, what about these games? Because here's something it could be. You've got two really slow-tempo teams. Iowa State doesn't – this team isn't exactly known for its toughness, mm-hmm. to put it nicely. Can they put it together against two Kansas States two games in a row? I don't think – Kansas State did not have Dean Wade the other night. No. The one thing I will say is I think even without Dean Wade, just as far as their guards, I think Kansas State probably is still considerably better than Ohio State is. Really? That's just from what I've been able to gather. I mean, I think Barry Brown and that combination of guys is is better than what Ohio State's going to be able to throw at them in the guard court as far as tacking off the dribble and stuff like that. Houston? Houston's an interesting team because they've really got two guys – who make that whole thing go offensively. But you've seen where – and the other thing with Houston is they won 30 games. I mean, they've only played four teams, I think, that made the tournament. Lost to three of them. Yeah. UCF, Cincinnati, and – Temple. Temple. Correct. Temple didn't make the tournament. They made the play-in game. Let's be real honest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Temple just lost to Belmont. Yeah. Which Belmont's really good, though. Yeah. Yeah, they deserve to be in the tournament. Yeah. But that's not the point. I don't know. I think the 30 wins that Houston has, not that they're not a good team. They're very well coached. They are very well coached. Kelvin Sampson has been one of the best in the business for a long time. He won't be there next year. Probably not. Where do you think he'll go? I don't know. But I think there's going to be people picking up the phone. For sure. And that's a guy, too, that he fell back to that level for something that isn't even illegal anymore. Mm-hmm. Regardless. it's a good point. I didn't think about that. I think, I think that that is a team that they're not going to do anything that Iowa State has not seen previously. I get what you're saying about the toughness and all that stuff. Yeah, I just... But I, I do think that there is something that has switched in these guys where they're back to playing at that same level that they were in November, December, and January, I early January. completely agree with you. I just don't think that this team has earned our unequivocal trust. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not saying... Yeah. If Houston beat them, would I be shocked? Absolutely not. No. But I'm saying right would now, today... Would you be shocked if Ohio State beat them? I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, okay. I, that makes me feel better. One hundred percent shocked. No, probably not. But like, I would be like, man, I, I did not see this coming. I did not think that they were going to lose to this team. Because I, like I said, I, I don't think Ohio State has played a team with the, outside of maybe, Michigan, with the kind of offensive, explosiveness Michigan's that Iowa State can better defensively. See, and that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think they've played a team with the same kind of offensive explosiveness that Iowa State can have. When they're playing well. All right. Iowa, maybe? Yeah. And they beat, I, that, and they beat Iowa, yeah, but that's a good point. in Columbus. Iowa would be the one. Michigan State is probably right up there, but they don't really play the same way. The key is when Iowa State's playing, like the, they need to be Purdue. in that Baylor mode. Yeah. You know, when they were, the ball came out of the basket and they ran. Right. They got away from that for a while in that second game, and that's when Kansas State pulled away. 
Prom's quote on being the fastest team to get the ball out of the basket and up the floor is great. Oh, phenomenal. That's yeah, what they that have was one to of be. his best quotes of but, the year. But they can't just say it. Like their their tempo ratings are still not good. It has to be you could you could see Steve Prom actively telling those guys to push it down the floor every time right. off of a miss. I do in think Kansas there, City. I do think there was a considerable difference though in you know whether or not you're changing ends of the floor fast and then attacking immediately or if you're changing into the floor fast and getting into what you do immediately. When you see them walk the ball up and down the floor is more often than not when you see them end up where yeah. someone dribbles around for 10 seconds and they don't know what they're doing. They take a fadeaway three with a hand in their face. Right. But when they push the ball ahead and transition, you're able to immediately get the defense off balance. And that's where then you're swinging the ball. And when somebody already starts off off balance, when you're swinging the ball and moving it from side to side and people are cutting around, then you just – all of a sudden you got people on skates and they had people on skates at times in, in Kansas city. And then uh, Kansas state, they didn't as much, but they were still getting a lot of open looks. They just weren't going in. And they made some adjustments in that Kansas game that I, I, I noticed them in real time. But then once I was able to go back and watch them again, you could see them even better where some of the actions that they have run the entire season, these teams have started to adjust to them. And now they've started to adjust back to what, the teams have done to adjust to them. So that's where I think. Yeah. They were like running plays and stuff. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I, I think they've gotten to a point now where they're really confident in what they do when they're pushing the ball Yeah, that they can, they know that they can get people on skates and Man, they see that that's what that does. Having Halliburton back to the level where he was in early January is so critical. Mm -hmm. Cause he had all but disappeared. Well, do you remember there was one play where, Against Kansas State, they ran this play for Lindell Wiginton a bunch of times. And it's almost like there's a guy kind of at the at, at the uh, on the wing up top. And then the the guard will circle down into the middle of the lane and he'll come back off of a screen. Or he'll, he kind of like chooses whether or not he wants to go all the way through or if he's going to come back. And Barry Brown is the one who really, I think, exposed this, where Lindell Wigginton kept doing it, and he'd come out, and then Barry Brown would go over the top of the screen mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. cut off that pass. And that kept, they kept breaking up that play against Kansas State, where then I, they didn't know what to do, because the guy at the top would pick up his dribble, and then he's all of a sudden just stuck there standing, mm -hmm. and there's no way he can make that outlet pass. Then against Kansas, you saw Kansas try to do the same thing that Brown was doing, and... Right when they did that, that guy went over the top. Mariel Shayok back cut. You hit him with a bounce pass, and it's a wide-open layup because that even if you're able to get it to him in the corner, mm -hmm. that guy can't recover because of the fact that he's taking that cut more shallow and forcing that guy to have to recover further than what he would have had to do previously. You have to do it in straight into the corner and not up the wing, and that's what I think you saw them hmm. really kind of hammer back on. Let's hope it carries over. Iowa Clinic, Iowa Clinic Men's Center, sponsors our coverage here from Tulsa. Let's go through the Big 12 real quick, okay? Yeah. Big 12 draws in the NCAA tournament. And um, we'll start things off with Oklahoma, a nine seed against Ole Miss. We're familiar with both of these teams. I don't even know what the point spread is in that one. I can pull it up for us here. What do you do? You, do you have a read on that? I don't, I don't think I still I haven't thought Oklahoma's that good all year. I was gonna say I would take Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is that great, but I think Oklahoma stinks. So 
I've thought Oklahoma stinks. For Oklahoma a while. just had a really their the analytics loved them because of their non conference schedule. Yeah. And they've just had the benefit of doubt from that all year. I would have put Texas in the NCAA tournament over them, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean if you look at either team and say which one could potentially make a run. Right. I thought it was odd that they got in over Texas. I thought TCU's better in Oklahoma. Right. And I didn't even think TCU was that great either. No. I kind of feel like the whole league is going to have a disappointing tournament, but that's just me. Yeah, because I don't think... No Dean Wade. I think Kansas could be out in the first weekend. I have Kansas losing in the second round. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if they lost to Northeastern, to be completely honest. The way they looked the other night. Yeah. Those guys don't look like they care anymore. (laughs) Like, they're just ready to be done. I wonder, too, how much the self-rumors have started to infiltrate that locker room. I was talking to Fitzy about this last night. I feel like this is the first time, really, that I can remember where it seemed like Kansas's voodoo magic is maybe getting broken a little bit. Where you don't look at them and immediately you're just like, well, it's just, well, it's Kansas. They're always going to be Kansas. And I look at them, I'm like, man, I don't think that team's that good. I don't think that they'll get out of the first weekend. They're a four seed based on name alone. Believe it or not, I have not filled out a bracket yet. I will do that late tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. That's my Williams tradition. I don't do brackets until I have to. I want all the information I can gather. That's fair. Do you respect that or do you look down upon it? No, I respect that. And frankly, like, we always have so much traveling and sales and stuff like that. I don't really ever get to buckle down on the tournament until I get on the site. Right. That's kind of just the way it rolls for me. Uh, Oklahoma is a two-point underdog to Mississippi, so that's a coin toss. I'd take Ole Miss, but I don't know. I would take Mississippi. Either one of them will lose in the second round. uh, Kansas State, UC Irvine, that's a dangerous game. Kansas State's like the classic, like Wisconsin. Like they're the team that's ripe for an upset. I'll take that bunch of junkyard dogs, though. Yeah, I would too. Because that's going to be a trendy game. I think I can guarantee you Bruce Weber's been showing them that everybody's picking them to lose. Do you think Oregon could beat Wisconsin? Absolutely. I do think Oregon will beat Wisconsin. I kind of do too. That team is playing like a bunch of – they're playing like junkyard dogs too. They haven't allowed like more than 65 points in like a month. Man, I'm just looking at all these point spreads really for the first time. Put them against a Wisconsin team that already can't score. Wisconsin might score 30 points. Kansas favored by six and a half only by over North, Northeastern. Correct. I, like That's I, crazy. I would not be shocked. If that is a that crazy game. low spread for a Kansas team as a four seed. And that team shoots the heck out of the ball. Northeastern does. Baylor is a point and a half underdog to Syracuse. I'd take the Bears. Who knows? Best coach in college basketball. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, let's see. What do we have else for the Iowa State Lions at five and a half right now? Texas Tech, 13 and a half point favorites is a three seed over Northern Kentucky. I like Tech a lot. I know you do as well. Yeah. That Wisconsin-Oregon game, believe in, in, in a 5-12 game, Wisconsin's only favored by two. It was at one point Oregon was favored, I know. So I bet I think it's probably been bet back to where Wisconsin's the favorite. Kansas State is a four and a half point favorite only over UC Irvine. Man, we were watching uh, UC Irvine that one night. The Anteaters. Yeah. So that tells you that pretty much sums up what I suspected that the Big Twelve is going to have a really tough NCAA tournament. I believe so. If they get two teams in the Sweet Sixteen, I'll be shocked. I think it'd be Tech and Iowa State if they do. I do too. I think they have the two best chances. And I would almost bet you 
that the odds would represent that too. I'm sure they would. I yeah. know the na- I, I, the national championship odds do. Yeah. Kansas's national championship odds went from like twenty to one preseason to like five hundred to one or something like that. Now, not maybe not five hundred to, to one. Yeah, if it, it was crazy, like a drastic change. I think it's going to be a tough week. Um, okay. Other other than that, the last thing I wanted to point out here on our Wednesday night podcast. Now we're going to try and pod every day from Tulsa. Hopefully, we're here a while. <laughs> Get a chance, go and watch the uh, the videos from the road trip. Talking NCAA tournament memories. You haven't been around as long as me. Uh-huh. This is my second NCAA tournament. This is only your second, okay. Well, in that that one I only went to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. What um, what's your favorite NCAA tournament memory? Just in general. With the clones. With the clones. Do you have one that pops? I think the Nevada game. In 2017, when they were a very trendy upset pick. Yeah, every, that was 5-12, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was rolling with Nevada. Seth Davis, I think, the immediately when the bracket came out, he said, Nevada he wins that one. You're right. I forgot about that. And and then Iowa State came out, and I don't think they smoked them, but by the end, they had won rather convincingly where you're like, yeah, this team is way better than Nevada. Uh, another one. I still think Iowa State should have beat Purdue that year. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe they lost that game after you go back and watch it. Like, when they they were down by, like, what, 15, 16, came back and took the lead, and then, boom, uh, Edwards. Was it Edwards that hit the three? It was either Edwards or the that white guy. Can't remember his name. Dakota something. One of the more questionable coaching games that Coach Prom has had since he's been here. Some, yeah, I think some, he some, probably want to have that one back. Yeah, definitely overthought some stuff in that I, one. I would agree. Where eventually they just put Deontay Burton at the top and said, drive right at Caleb Swanigan the rest of the game. And Deontay probably played the best game that he did in college and showed exactly why he's playing in the NBA right now. And for some reason they did that only in the second half of the game when that seemed like the very clear thing to do from the very beginning. Finally, um, this just popped up on Twitter, and then we're going to wrap it up. Just a short one tonight. Uh, Lars Anderson, he used to be a Sports Illustrated guy. Correct. Who does he write for? I think he writes for Bleacher Report now. He's like an adjunct professor somewhere as well. I don't yeah. think he does much writing. He is reporting that, according to his people in Nebraska, the next head coach of the Huskers is Fred Hoiberg. He quotes, this is firm and final. I believe that to be accurate. Yeah. If, I, if Nebraska loses tonight, Fred Hoiberg will be the head coach in Nebraska by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. There's just way too much smoke now. Mm-hmm. It started off as a deal. Where we're sitting at the Big 12 tournament last week. Well, I shoot. Yeah, or even smoke weeks ago, months ago. It was, well, you know, when I heard it for the first time, I was in Norman with women's basketball. And I, I had heard it before that, but I didn't believe it. Right. And then I really started to that my phone blew up that night. It was the same night he was in Ames for the Baylor game. Yeah. And I started getting all this stuff. And I was like, oh, there may be something to this. And then it seemed like um it was last week and it really picked up steam. Yeah. Like, well, and that which makes sense because that's when Nebraska lost. And people start to chirp in the Nebraska side. And it just so happened that two people very crucial to this piece were in Chicago late last week 
Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska's Bill Moose. Yeah. And then it also just so happens that one of those people left was, almost immediately. Was that um, – did someone report that on the Moose thing? Because I, I saw it flying around, but like – What? Did they – was it reported that they actually met about the I don't, vacancy? I don't know. That's that's my theory because uh-huh. I know that that's been. I know that when he hired Scott Frost, they met in Philadelphia two weeks before the season ended, where it was just a, it just so happened that they were. I think Nebraska was playing Penn State and UCF was playing Temple on the same weekend, and they met met in Philadelphia. And isn't that that's basically where they had their handshake deal that isn't this was it going to happen? Kind of crappy on the AD's part though. Like if he's already hired the new guy and he hasn't fired the other one yeah like why didn't you just fire miles like if everybody knew it was going to happen just fire him and say hey we're going to let him coach in the nit that statement that they made told me that they knew what they were doing they already knew it, it didn't look good and yeah, but it, it told me that it's like they already know what they're going to do they've got their guy but like i just i don't understand it like people aren't dumb no but i think that's also probably why this all came out the way that it did Tim Miles is known for he, – he said on that podcast with Jeff Goodman, he said, if Fred Hoiberg wants my job, he can probably have it. I think Tim Miles has known what was going to happen for oh, yeah. quite a while. Totally agree with that. Well, they play tonight. If they lose tonight, it will be less than 24 hours before he is relieved of his duties, and then I would be surprised if there's not a, at least a memorandum of understanding in place before – very shortly after that. Yeah. No, I and, and it would make sense to do that, especially the way Fred likes to recruit. Yeah. It would make sense to get it done as soon as possible. The transfer market is starting to heat up today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it Shakir would... Justin back on the market. <laughs> Go get him, Steve. Do you guys remember that name? That was like the – that was the big name. Was it two years ago? Yeah, two summers ago. Yeah, Shakir Justin and Daryl Edwards. Both of them now going to different schools. Daryl Edwards, yeah. He was the guy who went to LSU. Yeah. I wonder what. Uh, I actually. Um, I wonder what kind of offer they made him. I asked, who was I with? It was on Saturday night at the hotel. I was with one of the coaches. He's transferring now. Yeah, I know. But I asked, like, how'd that kid ever turn out? And he didn't do much. No, he averaged like three points a game. Yeah. Now he's going to Nevada. Oh, he's going to Nevada? Yeah. He was a grad transfer. He likes to do the transfers, too. Yeah. Musselman over there. Oh, yeah. He's made a killing on He's that. all over it, yeah. That team, that's a team that's going to lose this weekend. You think they will? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good podcast. We appreciate it, Jared. We'll be um, – I don't know when we're going to podcast tomorrow, but we will. We'll probably do one after all of our media – Practices at 4.05. So, it'll be middle of the evening – tomorrow we'll we'll try and get an update for you guys on just everything that we experienced during the day try and get some audio from steve prom and the players and and i think that it'll be important tomorrow for us jared to talk with chris holtman some yeah we should hit the streets tomorrow and see how many people in tulsa know the difference between iowa and ohio oh that'd be a good one that could get us on awful announcing yeah all right uh thank you to um iowa clinic iowa clinic men's center Thank you to Carl Chevrolet for giving us that badass truck to drive on the way down here to Tulsa. It was lovely. And uh, we will be, be around all weekend. Hopefully we'll be here until Monday. Later.